Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the program. Let's go to the carpro.com talk line, 800-905-0989. We'll talk to Pete in Anderson. He's calling back, says he's got a poem for us. Pete, let her rip there, pal. All right, Charlie. Impeach him, impeach him. Send him away. He's done nothing right from the very first day. The guy is a crook, a traitor at best. Hunter and family, they all failed the test. So So lock them all up. America can't wait. Then fire me office and shut the darn gate. <laughs> That's perfect, Pete. Man, I appreciate it, buddy. Thank you so much. Robbie is in Powdersville. Robbie, welcome to the program. I uh, want to kind of uh, expand on Gene's uh, comment uh, there before the top of the hour break. What's on your mind? Uh, yeah, I was thinking uh, his wife uh, is under the impression that Nikki was leading in the uh, primaries. I've yeah. seen some Nikki Haley ads that alluded uh, to her being the strongest candidate and yeah. leading in all these polls. Which polls she's talking about, I have no idea. Yeah. But that she's leading in the polls and she's the strongest candidate for the job. And that may be what his wife had seen. It and could be. It could be some some sort of a crazy internal polling that the Haley campaign has been put on. It, it, that could be it. Yeah. You might be right. So. You know, when, when you lose to none of the above, <laughs> you know, you have a problem. None of the above has done better than she's done because that one is there actually won won a primary. Pretty amazing. Oh my gosh. So Robbie, how do you think this is going on? Because right now I'm looking at uh aggregate total RCP average, Trump plus thirty-three over Nikki Haley here in South Carolina. How do you think it's gonna wash out when everything's said and done? Well, with our open primaries, that is it's up for grabs. You know, I think Trump will pull it out, but, yeah. uh, you know, the Democrats are definitely going to try to get their person in. Oh, oh, absolutely. And we know that yeah. person but, is, uh, it, is Nikki Haley. It's yeah. very important. Like Exactly. Um, it's very important, like you said, that we have a lot of voter turnout because, you know, we know that they'll stoop to any level to win an election, quote. Yeah. But uh, we need to make it you know, impossible for them to cheat another one out. Like we yeah, have yeah. numbers. You're exactly right, Robbie. I appreciate it, buddy. Th- thank you. And and I always say, if you guys just imagine, and and somebody said he's going to be in Spartanburg tomorrow. I, that I haven't heard. Maybe maybe not. I don't know. Uh, you guys give me some details on that if you know. So if we show up, and then like I said, nine, ten, eleven percent voter turnout. It's just not going to cut it these days. Just not going to cut it. We've got to have 85, 90% voter turnout. 
Because if we get 85, 90% voter turnout, nobody's going to be able to cheat that much. They can't stuff enough ballot boxes. They can't have enough mules to run these ballots back and forth. They can't harvest enough ballots. Especially, and I keep hitting on this, if you do this on election day, because Early voting, now not so much here in South Carolina, but nationally in certain states like Pennsylvania, Arizona, things like that. That's when you start seeing that ridiculous late night curve. But if, if Republicans show out in mass on Election Day, you, you and like I said, at 85, 90 percent, they can't cheat enough. They can't. They They, they just... Absolutely can't do it. So get out there, vote. It's coming up on the 24th. If you have to vote early, that's also open as well. And I trust uh, early voting here in South Carolina a lot more than I trust early voting in any other state. Um, So get out there and absolutely do it. So do you think Nikki Haley drops out? But but here's here's another thing. So let's say a whole lot of Democrats cross over party lines and they vote for Nikki Haley. And let's say Donald Trump only wins by 25 points. Now, it's still going to be double digits, but let's just say Donald Trump only wins by 25 points. You know what the Haley campaign is going to do, right? They're going to claim some sort of a victory. Just like, just like after Iowa, where she came in third place. And she said, well, now this is a two-person race. Eh, interesting. Todd's in Fountain Inn. Let's see what's on his mind. Todd, what's going on behind the scenes, buddy? Uh, well, first of all, Trump will be here on the 20th with Laura Ingram down in Spartanburg. Okay. She, all right. She said it last night on her show, uh, uh, Town Hall. But anyways, um, I, I do heating and air, so I'm in multiple people's homes, about 40 to 50 a week. Right. Um, Democrats, Republicans, and whatevers. Anyways, um, I've been here in a couple of different households, actually about five of them in the past couple of weeks, ever since the uh, Democratic primary, and I knew that it was kind of dismal, but I've heard from about five different households just sitting there talking and listening um, that, you know, the reason they didn't go vote is because they were needed to go vote in the Republican primary for Nikki Haley, and I'm like, y'all are going to try to sandbag this. Oh, yeah. So I'm like... You know, apparently they're getting messages behind the scenes or something. So very important, folks, please go vote. Please. He does not have this in the bag. Please. I'm going to vote early because I will be out of town on Saturday. But please go vote. Absolutely, Todd. I appreciate it. And wasn't it? And I don't and and maybe I'm wrong about. Well, so I won't say it. But um, one of our. Yeah, it, it was in his fant. He, he was on a, um, a Zoom call or something like that, and he said what they need, what they need is for Democrats to vote in the Republican primary. That's what Ennis Fan said. Hate language to inflame the right. That's right. He said that on that Zoom call. I remember that now distinctly. He said that he said they're going to have a huge amount of of Democrats showing up and voting in the primaries. That's what he was calling for. So, folks, 
you got to get out and you got to show up even bigger than they're going to show up because who you think they're going to vote for? Yeah, they're voting for Nikki Haley. They're going to do anything they can to try to keep Donald Trump off or out or off of the, the, the ballot coming in November. That's the game plan. And I get everybody always asking me, whoa, when are we going to close the uh, the primaries here in South Carolina? Well, you're not going to be able to do that with this state legislature. So we're going to have to work on that as well. But first thing is first. You get up Saturday morning, make yourself some coffee, maybe have a little oatmeal. I like mine with peanut butter. Go vote. Enjoy yourself. Or even better, have yourself some coffee. Go vote, go out, have a little breakfast, then go go about your day. It's not going to take long at all. I want to see heavy voter turnout coming up on the 24th. That is the primary. It is a Saturday. That's the 24th. Get out there and vote. We'll be right back. It's the Charlie James Show. News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Somebody wanted to know um, that uh, they said they'd never voted in a primary before and they didn't know how to do it. Okay, this is how you do it. This is really super duper easy. Here's what you do. Go to myscvotes.com. Myscvotes.com. Log in. And how do you do that? Well, you pick your county. Then you put in your name. Then you put in your date of birth. Then you put in your, the last four of your social security number. You click, I am not a robot. And you enter. And it will bring up all of your information right there. Like, there's mine. It says, my voter info. And it's got a uh, uh, like an aqua green box there that says, Regist- registered and ready to vote. So down at the bottom, it will say polling location. That tells you where you go vote in the upcoming primary. Okay? So maybe you're like, hey, Charlie, I don't, you know, there's some questions on this uh, ballot as well coming up. I need, to, I need to review those. How do I get my sample ballot? Well, that's easy. All you got to do is text sample ballot, sample ballot to 71307. That's sample ballot to 71307. 
It will send you a link. You put in your information. You open that link. You put in your information, and it will. you can download your sample ballot right there. I always like to print hours out when Sheila and I go vote, but it tells you everything you need to go. MySCVotes.com. Is it .com? Let me just go back and double check here. I got to do this. My SC votes. I'm sorry. It's gov. It's gov. My SC votes dot gov. My SC votes dot gov. It is very, very important that you do that. Charlie, if you vote early, um, can you vote at any of those spots or do you have to go to a certain spot? I believe you can vote at any of those spots. But please don't hold me to that if uh, if that didn't happen. Let's see. Um, let's see. Charlie, I would love for all you radio hosts to say we and not you when referring to getting out to vote or making calls. It sounds as though you all don't consider us together. Example, we. Oh, oh, hi. oh please stop. Please, that is the most ridiculous criticism I've ever received in my life. No. You think I'm going to ask you to do something I'm not going to do? No, never. It's been three years. I think, we, I think we're beyond that now. I really do. I, I think we've got that kind of relationship now. Well, you know, if I'm going to ask you to do something, I've already done it. Okay? So let's not be, you know, too nit- picky-yoon, as my grandmother used to say. You're being picky youn. Let's see. Uh, Charlie, uh, just a little tidbit I've been thinking about. The current administration has been dangling the gold card in front of these uh, migrants, promising them the world, giving them money, phones, and all of that. But after the Dems are voted in and socialism starts taking hold, uh, that gold carrot is going to be pulled away from them. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Exactly right. It's, It's all a ruse. It's all a ruse. It's a trap is what it is. Have you seen those? Uh, you ever seen those pitcher plants? You ever seen those pitcher plants? Or even, even a Venus flytrap. Venus flytrap. Which, by the way, did you know that the Venus flytrap is indigenous to South Carolina? What? Yes. So is the bonnet shark. Only found off the South Carolina coast. Anyway. Where was I with it? Oh, so, so the, the Venus fly, uh, flytrap emits this wonderful, wonderful, sweet substance. And when the fly lands on it, boom, you're done. You're caught. You're grabbed. You're, you're nabbed. You're digested and used for food so that they can produce more of that. That's all they are. They, they really are. They're just like that. Just like that. So, Charlie, you're eligible to vote in either party's primary, but you can only vote in one In the Democrat primary tomorrow, Biden is winning by more than 50 points. And the Republican on February 24th, former governor, U.N. ambassador, is running against Trump. She's catching up in the polls. Oh, really? Is she? She's catching up in the polls? Nikki Haley's catching? Because I haven't seen the polls that she's catching up in. Maybe there's some polls out there that I haven't seen. But I think I've seen pretty much all the polls. And I don't see this as being catching up. This is not a big catch-up game going on right now. This is a survival game. The only poll where Nikki Haley is probably doing well is her campaign's internal polling, which they all pay for, every single one of them. So um, there you go. But again, a text sample ballot to 71307. It will send you there. Um, 
Let's see. Let me see here. Anyway, Charlie, how many times a day can I vote? <laughs> let's let's try not to be Democrats and just vote once per person. Thank you very much. That would be awesome. Oh, my goodness. Uh, coming up in just a few minutes, we'll be talking with State Senator Josh Kimbrell because diversity, equity, and inclusion, if you haven't experienced it, if you haven't experienced it, you will. If you're still in the workplace, if you interact in any way in society, you're going to have to deal with this. He's going to tell you about a case recently here in the upstate that you won't believe, and uh, it's a pretty darn disheartening one. Charlie, I know the national emergency should be the the uh, border. The Republicans have a great opportunity here to pull this up. Oh, oh, you're right about that. And I want to talk about this national emergency coming up in, in just a little bit because the House Intelligence Committee had uh, released a um, a statement today saying that we've got a national emergency that needs to be addressed, and they're calling for Biden to declassify the information on it so it can be talked about freely. But it is pretty interesting, the timing of this and the fact that it's coming from a Republican as well. So there we go. Uh, We'll find out. No, 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 no. no. Let's see. Uh, Charlie, hold on. Usually early voting is done at the Board of Elections and possibly a few other main offices, not all voting places. Well, and I thought I, I made that clear. There are certain places where you can early vote. You cannot early vote at every polling place. So you need to make sure where your early voting is. We'll be right back. It's the Charlie James Show. News Talk 98.9 WRD, the voice of the Carolinas. Welcome back to the program. Diversity, equity, and inclusion. It's going to be something you're going to have to deal with uh, unless people stand up against it. Joining us right now is State Senator Josh Kimbrell, who had a video uh, over on Facebook yesterday. Was it yesterday or the day before? Well, it was yesterday, Charlie. Yeah. We talked about it on the floor of the Senate. Yeah, yesterday. It's pretty amazing. Uh, State Senator Josh Kimbrell, tell us this story that you relayed on the floor of the Senate. Well, so it happened in Greenville, which is actually, you know, obviously in your listening area. There's a gentleman, and we'll keep his name out of it for now, but sure. worked for a company in Greenville, big company, and had been a project manager there or a, a supervisor there, and they do engineering work uh, for years, over 30 years with this company. Very senior, uh, very senior individual, had been highly respected by his clients. Last year, at the end of the year, they decided to do their annual corporate uh, anti-harassment training, which, you know, most every company does that the basic stuff. Don't sexually yeah. harass people. Don't make crazy comments. You know, what every company does. And this is the first year they decided to go woke on it. They had an entire section of slides in the training where they said, you know, you, you talk about gender fluidity and that there aren't just two genders and there's, you know, all these multitude of genders. You know, I've heard some people say up to 36. Yeah. And it says in there that you have to, you can't just say that you'll respect people of different opinions. They had a statement in their training saying you must positively affirm that statement. In other words, they told this guy who's a, a very active in his church in Greenville, very, I think he's a, I think he's an elder at his church, 
And he said, look, I've never harassed anybody in my life. I'm totally fine with not sexually harassing anybody. It's not even in my DNA. Yeah. He said, but you're telling me that sexual harassment's now been expanded because they're, they're following this administration's crazy woke guidelines. He said, now they said, not only is it good enough to say, you can't, it's no longer good enough to say that you're not going to sexually harass somebody or make inappropriate comments. They wanted him to sign a statement saying he agreed that gender was fluid, gender was was basically subjective, and that there are multiple genders beyond just two. And he said, I can't do that. And they said, well, you don't get a choice. He asked for religious exemption. They ignored him. And they kept pushing this guy. He said, if you don't sign this statement, you're going to be terminated. He refused to sign it because he refused to violate his conscience and abandon his faith. He fired the guy. And after that, they got a vindictive. They went after his unemployment benefits, called DEW, told him he had been fired for cause, and tried to deny his unemployment benefits, did deny them. And then when he went and set up his own company to help out clients that still respected him, they blackballed him and told all these clients, if you participate and work with this guy, even as an independent contractor, we'll cut off our relationship with you. So it's bullying, wow. it's intolerant, and it's offensive. And we're going to fight back against this craziness. So, I mean, when we say fight back, what are we going to do? Well, for starters, I've already called the Department of Employment and Workforce. We're asking them to reopen the case, see if they can get in those unemployment benefits. Right. Before, he came to me a little late, so I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful we can do that inside the statutory timeline for an appeal. But I've also reached out to LLR. We're gonna, I'm, I'm going to ask for Department of Labor Licensing and Regulation to open an investigation into the company. I'm saying this is discriminatory practice. You cannot violate. South Carolina has a statute on the books called the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, which echoes good federal law and really undergirds the First Amendment, saying you cannot force somebody to violate their conscience to be employed. And so I'm asking Department of Labor Licensing and Regulation to go in and review their their anti-harassment training, see if it violates the law. And I'm connecting him to some private attorneys who uh, work in this kind of space on religious liberty. I intend to help them get a lawsuit going against these people. So... I'm asking for a state investigation into their practices in terms of their employment practices and their anti-harassment training. I'm going to try to get him a lawyer pro bono to see if we can sue these people. Somebody has to fight back against this craziness. It's yeah. open season. It is sure. open season in America if you're a Christian and you believe in traditional values. And here's the thing. Tolerance is a two-way street. And these left-wing woke nuts who want you to agree and positively affirm every whacked-out idea they have are the first people to try to get you fired, put in jail, or driven off the public stage if right. you believe anything differently than they do. So they talk about tolerance. Most intolerant people I've ever met in my life. So uh, basically, they tried to cancel this guy now, try to take away his, his livelihood. They did cancel him. They yeah. fired the guy. Yeah. And, and you know what? My job is you're going to cancel somebody like that. We're going to cancel you back. I, mean, I love it. I love that. Well, uh, best of luck to you. So while I have you on the phone, I get a lot of people asking me all the time, where do we stand on constitutional carry right now? Um, a clean bill, has that been sent back to the Senate? Well, so there was a, a unanimous consent uh, move made today by uh, by the majority leader to send it to conference committee. And I told you I thought that's where it would end up. Yeah. So it's in conference committee right now. I mean, let's just say, as I told you last week, a lot of people, there's some misinformation out there, and I want to, we can clear it up together right now. So there, there's, there's, it depends on which group you ask. The NRA endorsed the Senate version, said they were fine with it because it still got rid of the, uh, the permit requirement. Sure. And then you got, I think, American Gun Owners is out there saying the Senate hates constitutional carry. Okay, that, that's not accurate. I mean, I, I didn't like the fact that there had to be amendments passed to the bill to get it passed, but we, we didn't have, we were two, we were four votes short in the Senate. 
without there being an amendment. And so I, I told you on the day after that vote happened in yeah. the Senate, go to conference committee and clean it up. It's in conference committee. We're hopeful that I'm hopeful there can be a conference committee report that gets the bill back and we still have a chance at constitutional carry. But this idea that the Senate's out there trying to attack the Second Amendment, most of us, including people like Senator Shane Martin and I, who were two of the original co-sponsors of the Constitutional Carry Act in the Senate, certainly are for it. I would have passed an absolutely clean bill, but here's the deal. I would have passed it, but the Senate wouldn't have passed it because you were four votes short. And so people are saying that the Senate didn't support constitutional carry. I understand there's an amendment to it, uh, but the amendment, to be clear, Charlie, does not affect law-abiding gun owners. That's what is being misrepresented. If you are a law-abiding citizen and you don't have a criminal record and you're you're not like – in other words, you haven't committed criminal domestic violence or some kind of violent assault, you're not supposed to have a gun or you don't uh, make a criminal act with a gun – you still get to carry permitless. So I understand I would like a clean bill too, but the idea that law-abiding gun owners are being attacked by the state Senate is also inaccurate. I mean, it's the, the amendment that was added was going after criminal felon possession and, and people who have uh, been convicted of other crimes are under indictment for stuff like criminal domestic violence. So if we can get a clear, ver- a clean version of the bill, I'm for that. I've voted for that four times already since I've been in the Senate. But uh, the idea that there's no... Uh, there's nothing in the bill redeemable is also not accurate. No, I didn't think there was anything in the bill that was, uh, you know, irredeemable. But what do you think the chances are of us coming out of conference committee with constitutional carry anytime soon? Well, a lot of that really depends on who gets appointed to the conference committee. Yeah. And that's going to be up to the, the, that's the, you're going to have the president, the Senate, the speaker of the House and the Judiciary Committee chairman of the House and the Senate. We'll have to appoint that committee. I'll, I'll be able to give you a better update when I see who's on it. I mean, I think there's a, and I think there's a good. We're going to get some product, I believe. I think there will be a bill passed. Now, I'm not saying it'll be 100% back to the House version. It may be. It may not be. I think typically what happens in a House and Senate conference committees, you split the baby. Yeah. Uh, ultimately, what I here's the most important thing. For the first time ever, we might actually get permitless carry, and I've wanted that for since I've been in the Senate, since before I was in the Senate. Right. And if we can get a straight-up clean bill, that's what I prefer. But uh, at the end of the day, we also need to eliminate a permission slip for you to carry a gun. Yeah. And if we can get anywhere close to that, then I think we take it as a victory and keep working on it. I don't want to blow the bill up. If, if, if a conference committee comes back that gets rid of the permit requirement and says you can carry as a law-abiding citizen without a permit or a permission slip from the state, my attitude is – but take it as a victory and let's move on and try to, and, and if there's some bad stuff that comes out of the conference committee, let's clean it up. It can always go further and do more later, but we have never had permitless carry in South Carolina. We're on the precipice of getting a version of that. I want it to be clean, but it will depend on the conference committee. And I'll certainly fight to make sure we get the most conservative bill we can, but let's get rid of the permit requirement because in this day and age, you don't need a permission slip from the government to uh, to carry a gun to defend yourself. Yeah, you're exactly right. State Senator Josh Kimbrell, always a pleasure to talk to you, sir. We'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. Good to be with you, Charlie. Thank Take you. Take care. Bye-bye. So a lot of people are wanting to know, what is the name of this company? What is the name of this company? I know you want to know. I know you want to know. Hell, I want to know. But let me just put this out to you. Let's remember that you have got a victim here in this man who was fired by this company. Let's let him get the help that he needs, the legal help that he needs. Let's let the powers that be try to get this guy. We know he's not going to get his job back, probably. 
But let's let this go through legal avenues. Let's not do anything that could potentially hinder him just yet. And then when the time comes, we'll turn you loose on him. I promise. As soon as we are able. We'll be right back. It's the Charlie James Show. News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas. Have you guys heard that uh, there's a little bit of a feud going on in the White House? You, it's the Hatfields and McCoys. Pew, 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 pew. John Kirby and Corrine Jean-Pierre apparently do not like each other one little bit. They don't like each other a bit, y'all. And why not? I mean, all you got to do is watch a Corrine Jean-Pierre press conference and you know why. In fact, when 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 Joe Biden... Um, uh, basically gave the okay for Corrine Jean-Pierre to be there. He said, don't worry, kid, there's going to be an admiral looking over your shoulder. Oh, she didn't like that a bit. It, uh, you wonder, oh, no, she didn't like it. So anyway, they're feuding there. So, But they're always getting in front of the cameras and they're saying things like, the job market is strong. Look how strong the job market is. Look how low unemployment is. Well, we keep hearing about that BS, but what they always fail to tell you is that the reason that unemployment is so low is because people now have to have two jobs, two jobs. So it used to be, you know, just a few years ago, we all remember, uh, you, you would have your job and then you have your side hustle. And your side hustle, you know, maybe you're saving up for a truck or maybe you're saving up for a down payment on a, a home or maybe 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 that's your passion and you're trying to build that business up so you can quit your day job and go follow your side gig, make it your full-time gig. Well, those days are over now. Now people actually have to work those two jobs just to make ends meet. But the Biden administration is always coming up and they're telling you things like, oh, look how many jobs we created. We created this many jobs. You know, most of those jobs are government jobs. Did you know that? Government jobs? Which, uh, anyway, these are, most of them aren't private sector jobs. They aren't. And most of those jobs, they claim that they, because, and I've gave this example uh, a couple of times, back during COVID, uh, at my old company down in Charleston, I got furloughed three times, three different times. So basically, they fired me for a week, had to file for unemployment. Then they hired me back. So that's one job. No, according to the Biden administration, that's one job created. Two months later, same thing happened. That's another job created by the Biden administration. A couple months later, the same thing happened. That's three different jobs that the Biden administration counted as creating just from me being furloughed. So you see, all that's a bunch of BS, right? You know that. But the jobs that actually were created, you didn't get them. Those jobs were not for you. 
So we keep hearing from the Biden administration that the U.S. economy is strong, especially in the, in the job market. Well, if you look at it, you might go, oh, OK, I, I got you. I got you. All of these two point million more people working. But it wasn't you. The number of immigrants, this is going to kill you. The number of immigrants working from uh, fourth quarter of 2019 through the fourth quarter of 2023, the number of people working, 2.9 million, most of those were immigrants working. In fact, the number of immigrants working over this period is up 2.9 million, while while 183,000 fewer U.S.-born Americans are working. So simply put, compared to 2019, all the net job growth has gone to immigrants. Employment for both groups has rebounded significantly since, you know, the dark days of COVID. But the number of U.S.-born workers has not returned to the level it was before the pandemic, while immigrant employment, legal and illegal, has ballooned. The government collects data on the current population survey, the CPS, each month, specifically to measure employment. It asks people where they were born and if they are U.S. citizens. Of the 2.9 million additional immigrant immigrants holding jobs, well... There you go. I mean, that's just it. 1.7 million or six out of 10 were not Americans. That's pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. But, oh, but we need the workers. Wait, how we got the workers? We have 1.7 million natural born Americans that are looking for jobs. And those jobs are being filled by illegal and some legal immigrants. So don't give me this crap that. That everything is going A-OK in this country by administration. We know you're nothing but a bunch of big fat liars every single time. Right? So, uh, anyway, good gracious. Oh, by the way, shots were fired at the Kansas City Chiefs celebration today. Had a big parade, big party there in Kansas City. Shots were fired. I believe one person was killed. And you know whose fault it is? You guessed it. It's the Republicans. We'll have that for you coming up. It's the Charlie James Show. News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.